Hello and welcome to the very first ASSP Safety Standards and Tech Pubs podcast, the place for everything you need to know about safety standards, where in the coming months we'll be discussing a wide variety of standards topics from fall protection to ISO 45001 to risk management and so much more. I'm your host, Scott Fowler, and today I'm joined by the one and only Tim Fisher, Director of Standards and Technical Services at ASSP to talk about industry consensus standards. Thanks for being here, Tim. Well, thanks, Scott. I appreciate you having me here today. I don't know about the uh, uh, the only, perhaps I'm the one, but uh, I am the only in one, and it's great to be here to talk about uh, voluntary national consensus standards, the ANSI ASSP standards. These standards are what the profession uses to move occupational safety and health forward. Thanks for having me. Great to have you on. And yeah, so since this is the Safety Standards and Tech Pubs podcast, we thought we'd start off in our first show by introducing our audience to industry consensus standards and the role they play in occupational safety and health. So we thought, who better than the director of standards himself to talk about this? I know you get a lot of inquiries about these standards. So let's start there and just give our listeners an overview of industry consensus standards and the role they play in occupational safety and health. Thanks, Scott. It's a great question. And without doubt, Consensus standards are becoming more and more important. And as far as inquiries, we probably get about 50 a week on this very question. So this is an important question. And what does it mean? And I think the reason why it's becoming so important is because of the synergy between government and standards development and global aspects of occupational safety and health management. So when we talk about a consensus standard, and by this, remember, I'm talking about it from the American perspective, even though we do write global standards as well. What we mean by a consensus is all these organizations come together, a whole balance of them. So government companies, organizations, labor unions, consumer groups, uh, end user groups, they all come together to write what we call a voluntary national consensus standard. And what it is, it's an agreement, what I would say, which is based on either a best practice or an accepted practice on how to move occupational safety and health forward. So it's not written by one group. It's not written by one organization, and that collective viewpoint is what allows the, the standard to have its strength and for it to be accepted and recognized. To me, that's what a voluntary national consensus standard is. It's a standard that's written with a balance of interest, although with the idea of protecting the worker and protecting the person and sending him or her home safely. Okay, great. Now, or we can talk a little bit about the, the standards development process itself, working from that baseline. So someone says, I've got an idea for a standard. I think that there's an issue that really needs to be addressed, that I think there needs to be a standard around. How does that process work that it goes from an idea to becoming a draft standard to approval, if you can speak to all that? Thanks, Scott. Now, we don't want to put people to sleep on this podcast because what we're talking about with this specific question is, how are we going to make the sausage? That's really what we're talking about. How are we going to make that sausage? And what does that mean? How is it done? And it's really not as tedious as you might think. And, and what it is is the process is basically what Scott had just said, and that is we take an idea and we want to move it to fruition to become a published standard. And, and what's involved with that? It's basically it's taking the idea, then you want to put some meat on the bones. And by that I mean we want to take the idea and then put some, some material to it, some best practice, some operating practice, something that people and organizations can look at and review and give us their feedback and ideas. And that, for want of a better term, is what we call a draft, which everybody knows what a draft is. It's exactly what it is. It's at the starting level. Once we work through that entire process and everybody's somewhat comfortable with the draft, and most organizations are not, then there's a whole balloting process that goes with it. And there's a whole 
pages of procedures that say how we have to count ballots and make sure that everybody is treated fairly and that uh, all viewpoints are accepted. There also is what they call a mandatory public review period. And what does that mean? That means that, okay, even though you're not on a standards committee, that means we still have to go out to everybody out there in the profession and say, hey, we are writing standard X. And what's your thought on that? Would you like to look at the standard and give us your views? Once we get through all that, then we have to go back to the naysayers. And remember one thing, when we write standards, and some of these committees are huge, uh, some of our committees, our construction committee has almost 1,000 participants in total. It's never unanimous. So we have to go back to the people that don't agree and basically said, hey, you don't like what, how this worked out. Um, what do you think? And they have the option of pursuing what they call a hearing or due process. After we get through all those steps and all that activity, what will happen then, it goes to the American National Standards Institute, and they'll review it, make sure we follow the procedures, and they'll put a stamp on it. But I'll give you a thought on it. We talk about making sausage. It's about a two-year process. So it's nothing that takes uh, a day. Standards are not written a day, and it's that way by intent. You touched on that uh, this a little bit in your last comment. I wonder if you could speak to the, the different individuals and organizations involved in that process. You would mentioned some of these committees could be hundreds of individuals in a room. Talk about the people who are involved in that process of actually taking an idea and making it a standard. It's a great question. So let's, let's say we're not talking sausage at this point. So we're done with the sausage. Let's move on to an actual example. And I would say one is our A-10 Construction and Demolition Committee. Now this committee is probably one of the oldest under the American National Standards Institute. It goes back, I think, to the late 1920s. The first standard actually came out in 1943. And who's on that committee? And that's an important question. There's four main interest categories, and that's basically it's the big construction companies, contractors, and the contractor associations. And that's those are large organizations. And then we also have our labor union area. And there's uh, just about every major labor union that operates in construction demolition operations is on the A-10 committee. We then have another area which I would say is made up of what I would call our general interest. And by that, when I say general interest, that doesn't mean somebody who's just there because they want to look. That's where we generally will have our government agencies. So they'll be involved in that. And we have a variety of government agencies on the A-10 committee. So they'll be there as well. Uh, some of the universities that are very active are there as well. And then finally, we have our final category, and that's where you'll have your engineering organizations, uh, companies, our consultants will be in that as well. So it's a big group. Uh, we also have uh, within that group alone, we have over 50 subgroups. So when you look at A10 as a whole, as I mentioned earlier, there's over a thousand people involved with that group, and just about every major construction company and demolition contractor has involvement somehow in A10. So I thought that's a good example. We talk about balance. What's involved with writing a standard? There's there's all kinds of organizations involved. Those who may be uh, familiar with ASSP or involved on these committees might know that ASSP is the secretariat for these standards. But we talk about the society being the secretariat. What exactly does that mean, and what role does ASSP play in the facilitation of these standards and how they're developed? Once again, Scott, Mr. Fowler, you have managed to hit the question with the proverbial nail on the head. So I think it's a good one. I get a good laugh out of this question because we get this all the time. So when people see the term secretariat, they seem to have this idea that you have an inept person such as myself running around trying to type. And that's not what we talk about when we're talking about a secretariat. And what a secretariat of a committee really is, is ASSP is the organization. What we do is we manage the committees and make sure that they follow the accredited procedures to write standards that are based on good science, good technology, are done in a transparent way, and it's done in a, in a fair and unbiased method. That's what our purpose is. 
Now, will ASSP step in if it has technical issues and concerns? Absolutely. And, and we do that. Also, I would say of interest to this is why we're talking, this is over half of all the organizations and representatives that are on ASSP committees, they're not members of the society. And that's an important thing to remember. The, the, actually, the majority of the participants do not belong to ASSP. So we talk about a secretariat. That means that we lead the effort from the staff and the management side. And it's, uh, it's quite a challenge. We have almost 100 standards, tech reports, and projects total. And they're separated among basically 14 secretariats, and they go everywhere from our A1264, uh, dealing with uh, walking working services, up through our global ISO 45001 project, where the MIR committee, the TAG administrator is what it's called for the United States. So that's what the role of ASSP is, is to guide those projects, provide some leadership, get these groups going, make sure they follow the rules. That is an absolute key thing, if I say anything today, is that for the standards to have any credibility, any credibility at all, any value, they have to be done in a transparent method, and it's got to be done in a fair and unbiased method, and that's what we're here to do. You've mentioned a, a couple of them, such as the, the construction and demolition, the walking and working services. We talk a little more about the depth and breadth of the standards that ASSP is the secretariat for, just to give people a better idea of all the different safety topics that these standards cover. You know, it's a good question, and I always, I always preference, uh, preference, or however we want to say it, uh, I want to make sure I'm clear on this point because I'm not trying to be macabre in how I address this. And that is ASSP basically writes consensus standards for the major causes of fatalities and injuries in the United States and globally now. So uh, we write a lot of standards that deal with fall protection. That's our Z359 committee. That has 20 projects and standards, and that runs the entire gambit from harnesses to manage fall protection. Our A10 committee deals with construction demolitions. It has over, as I mentioned, I think probably over 50 standards and projects. I would argue that by itself it is the biggest uh, compendium of occupational safety and health consensus standards anywhere in the world. It's 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 an outstanding document and it's used in, in I think almost 73 different countries right now. So uh, it's being used all over the place. But our standards run the whole gamut. So if you look at the leading causes of, of fatality and injury, ASSP, we generally write standards and what is our goal is we are trying to prevent them. We're trying to remediate them and we're doing that based on the the concept of risk assessment, and that then goes into the whole issue of exposure versus risk, and we could spend hours on that discussion, but I argue there was a significant difference between exposure and risk, and that's what these committees are trying to do. If someone is interested in joining one of those committees, learning about standards, whatever it might be, what are, what are some things they can do, the steps they can take to, to learn more about standards and possibly even get involved in the standards development process? What we want them to do is basically contact the society. We'll get them an application. And unfortunately, yes, with any type of standards activity, there is paperwork. So you will get an application, and you will have the opportunity to fill that out and submit it back to us. Now, the thing to remember is you're not representing ASSP or um, some other type of organization. You're generally representing your own organization. And if you get into a question on that, give us a call. We can walk you through it. But there's an application process, and then we'll get you involved with the subgroups. That's what we want. We want to get you involved with the subgroups first to work on the technical content of these documents. And then after you basically you prove yourself and show that you're going to participate and contribute, then you get on the main committees. And that's how that works. So um, I wouldn't say it's a, a really extensive, hard process. But it does take some time. It does take some effort. But contact us, and we'll get you going. Okay.
Okay, great. Thank you very much, Tim, for uh, joining me to kick off the Safety Standards and Tech Pubs podcast. We've covered a lot of great information today, and I hope uh, our audience is interested in learning more about standards. Maybe get some folks to join a standards committee and uh, keep that process moving. Thanks, Scott. It's great that you had us here, and uh, looking forward to working with you on the next podcast. <laughs> Make sure you listen, everybody. Bye. Join us next time when I'll be speaking with Dr. Richard Olawayan about safety leadership and professional development. We'll see you then.